Tonight we're going to continue our series of the King and His Kingdom, and we're going to be in Matthew chapter 9. Y'all got your Bibles? Can you hold them up for me if you got your Bible, the hard copy? Anybody got your real Bibles, hardcore Bibles out there? Come on, where are you at? Thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. Y'all excited to hear from the Word tonight? Hey, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. I'm with you. And uh, as you're turning to Matthew chapter 9, I'll be honest, I'm like, I can't front. We're going to be all over the book of Matthew tonight, but Matthew 9 is where we're going to start. I want to ask y'all, have y'all ever heard of a Tesla car? Y'all know what that is? Yeah, well, last night I was looking up how much a Tesla car would cost for a pastor's salary. It's not in the framework, okay? But it is, if you were curious, $78,000 for the baseline, you know, for a Tesla. That's a self-driving automated car. It looks like it should be in the future or like it should fly too. I mean, that's what it looks like. And uh, so that's what it looks, yeah, that's the deal. Let me ask you, if the person next to you, maybe on your left or your right, were to say to you, hey, we're going to go to the Tesla dealership today. Go ahead and get in my mom's car, because I can't drive, but let's go with my mom. We're going to go over there to the Tesla dealership. We're going to roll up, and uh, they roll up on the dealership, and you decide, you say, hey, why don't you just pick out any car you want, it's yours. What would your response be? Sure, right? Like, yeah, right. Yeah, like, how in the world? Like, you don't have the bankroll to front getting me a car, right? Unless you're sitting by PJ, then maybe you do, all right? But that's the only one I can think of right now. Like, most people here would say, I don't have the ability or the authority or the power to give you a Tesla. But what if this man right here, let's show the next picture. What if this man right here walked out and said, pick any car you want, it's yours? Do y'all know who this is? Elon Musk, right? The founder of Tesla. What if he were to walk out on the dealership and say, no, 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 Trent, hey, pick out any car you want, it is yours. What would your response be then? Thank you, you, right? Because he has the authority, the ability, and most importantly, the bankroll to front getting you a car, right? Y'all with me? Are y'all tracking? Tonight, we are going to talk about authority. If I were to look up in the dictionary what authority it means, it means that you have the power or the right to give orders or to make decisions or command obedience. Like That's what it means to have authority. You have the, the power and the ability to make something happen. We can think about many different authority figures in our life. If I see blue lights in the rearview mirror, I'm pulling over because that guy has the authority to give me a ticket, right? If I'm in school, as I was whenever I was in high school, and my school system was very strict, okay? If I needed to go down the hall for something, I had to get it signed by the assistant principal's office. I know, that's crazy, right? There was like three assistant principals. But that's the deal. If I wanted to go somewhere, I had to get the stamp of the authority of the principal, I can think about many different scenarios. We go to the doctor to get prescribed uh, some kind of drug or something to make us feel better if we're sick. That's because they have the authority to sign that. Well, tonight we're going to talk about someone who has all authority. Y'all know who it is. It's the King, Jesus. So, Matthew chapter 9, we're going to jump in. Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 1, says this, And getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, this is what he says, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. 
And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, he said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has what? Oh, y'all missed it. Y'all just missed it. We just, we'll try again. It's okay. All right, so here we go. But that you may know that the Son of Man has Bingo! That you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. Okay, that's exactly what the paralytic does. He gets up, takes his bed, and goes home. So this story is this. There's more details in the book of Mark and in the book of Luke, but Matthew, he is painting a picture. He's highlighting parts of this story, this true story that happened, to highlight the character of Jesus. So what's happened here is Jesus is in this home. He is teaching. He is doing his thing, ministering to people. And there's a huge crowd. Like, it is swamped. And no one can get in the house. So these four buddies, they load up their friend who could not walk or could not use his body how it was supposed to be used. So they put him on this bed, and they are carrying this man to go see Jesus. And they can't get in the door, so what do they do? They, they climb up on the roof, and they start chiseling away, you know? And they start lowering this man down from the roof to see Jesus. These guys were desperate, and they really believed. They went to great extremes because they then knew that Jesus had the authority to heal him. And this is what it says. When Jesus is in the middle of ministering, and this guy comes in from the middle of the roof, lowered by his buddies, he says this. Take heart. Because of your faith, your sins are forgiven. Does that not sound a little strange? Why didn't he say, get up and walk right there, right? Are you with me? Like, wouldn't it make sense for, like, we need you to heal our buddy. He can't walk at this point. Please, he bring him to him. Jesus is like, your sins are forgiven. This isn't part of the sermon. I can't land here. i got to keep going. But here's the deal. What I believe is sometimes we go to Jesus with what we think are our most important, dire needs. And Jesus sees beside, beyond just those shallow little ways for the tsunami in the background. Because he says... Here, your sins are forgiven because that was the greatest need of the paralytic. But then the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious rulers, they are looking at Jesus and saying, who are you to forgive sins? Because they don't really believe that Jesus was the promised Messiah. They don't really believe that he had the authority to forgive sins. You're not God. You are a man. You're Jesus. And Jesus is saying this, So that you will believe that I am who I say I am. That you will believe that I have authority. That I am the king. So that you'll believe that I will tell this man to get up and walk. And that's exactly what he did. You're like, Corey, what does this have to do with authority? What are you trying to tell me tonight? I'm telling you students that Jesus has all the authority over all things. And Matthew is taking a paintbrush and painting a canvas with this story of trying to tell the readers, do you not understand who you are standing before? Jesus, the king of all kings. If you're taking notes tonight, I got two points for you. And the first one is this. Jesus has authority over all things. Jesus has authority over all things. If I were to walk with you 
through the three chapters before, you would see Matthew pointing out the authority of Jesus. If you go to Matthew chapter 5 through 7, you're going to see the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus delivers one of the most powerful sermons ever recorded. But at the end of that sermon, in Matthew chapter 7, the last few verses, I don't know if we have this verse up there, but Matthew chapter 7, this is what it reads. Do we have it? Maybe not. I got it for you. It's no problem. Matthew chapter 7, verse 28. And when he finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority, not as the scribes. See, they were, they were hearing the words of Jesus and saying, this man has authority. We keep reading. Chapter 8, verse 1. A leper comes to Jesus. It says, when he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper, someone who had a really bad disease in the ancient Israel days, came to him and knelt before Jesus, saying, Lord, if you will. What does that mean? Does that mean, Lord, if you can? No, it means, Lord, if you desire. Lord, if you desire, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand, and he touched him, saying, I will be clean. The very next story after that is a Roman centurion. This is what he says. When he had entered Capernaum and centurion came to, that's a soldier, Roman soldier, came forward to him appealing to Jesus. Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the Roman soldier replied this way. Oh, it's so good. He says, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. Be ready for it. For I too am a man under authority. He's saying if you say go, this person will go. If you say come, this person will come. He says, Jesus, you've got all the authority in the world. If you want to heal them, just say it and it will be done. The next story after that, a few stories later, it says that the disciples follow Jesus into a boat. They get into the boat and a storm comes up. Y'all know the story. A huge storm comes up and the disciples go to Jesus while he's asleep and they shake him awake and say, Lord, save us. We are perishing. And Jesus stands up, rebukes the sea, and this is what he says in chapter 8, verse 27, I believe it is. Yeah, and the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds of the sea obey him? The story is not about the storms in your life. The story is about the authority of Jesus that he has over all of creation. Isn't that amazing? Are y'all with me? Are you realizing that we have a God on our side? If he is for us, who can be against us? Do we realize the king that we serve? Students, I realize right now there are a lot of authority figures in your life. Some of them you love and some of them you do not love as much, right? I get it. But I'm telling you, students, Jesus is one that you should be clinging to every single day. Because he has all authority in your life, in your school, in your friend groups, in your church, in your family. He has authority over all of that. So if, here's the first point, that Jesus has authority over all things. What's the next thing? Well, the next one is this, that Jesus wants you to come to him for all things. The whole first three chapters after the Sermon on the Mount are all about people coming to Jesus. 
And all of their needs, all their problems, all their issues are being met at the feet of Jesus. The leper boldly goes to Jesus and says, Lord, if you will, save me. The Roman soldier says, Lord, come help my servant. Just say it and it's done. The disciples cry out, Jesus, would you just please save us from the storm so we don't die? And these four buddies bring their paralyzed friend on a bed through the roof and drop him in because they know there's no one else they can go to to resolve their problem. Jesus wants, he delights in his children coming to him. That's why he says in, in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, ask and it will be given. Knock and it will be opened. Seek and you will find. He says, does your father not already know what you need before you ever even ask? Doesn't a good father give good gifts? How much will the God, the Father, give a good gift to his children? I'm telling you, students, Jesus longs for you to come to him with your problems, your issues, your trials, your hurdles in your life. He wants you to come to him. And some of you are doubting, and I can hear it in your hearts. I can feel it from you. Some of you are doubting. Does Jesus really see me? Does he really know me? Does he really care about me? Have you seen my life right now? Have you seen what I'm going through right now? Does he not see this? You know what? I read last night, John the Baptist. Y'all remember him from chapter 3 if you were been reading through Matthew? He's the guy that Jesus is baptized by. And he's like the guy that everyone loves. In chapter 11, John the Baptist is in prison under King Herod. And I'm sure he's asking the question, what is going on? Because he starts to doubt if Jesus truly is the Messiah. Can y'all believe that? John the Baptist doubted if Jesus was the Messiah. And this is what John the Baptist says. I'll read it for you because I don't want to get it wrong. Matthew chapter 11, verse 2. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word of his disciples and said to them, are you the one to come or should we look for another? John the Baptist literally walked up with his, or had his disciples come up to Jesus and say, are you the one or do we need to look for someone else? Like, are you really the Messiah? Are you really the king? Or should we be looking for another king? Which is kind of crazy, right? After seeing all Jesus done. And Jesus does not look him up and down and ridicule him for doubting. He doesn't say, really? You're doubting me? Like, look at what I've been doing. Do you not see the works and everything? Are you doubting me? He doesn't say that. What he says to the disciples to go tell John is this. He says, go and tell. So good. Go and tell. John, what you hear and see. Go tell him the words of Jesus and the works of Jesus. This is what he says. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. Now students, what Jesus is saying, have I not proven to you through my life, through my works, and through my words that I have all authority in heaven and earth and I have come to minister to you. Y'all get that? Y'all with me? So let me ask you, what are the things that you are wrestling with right now that you need someone with authority to step in and help? What is it? Is it things in your home? 
Is it things at your school? Is it something that you're wrestling with on your phone? Is it something you're wrestling with with your friends? What is it? I want you to do me a favor. Take your hand, hold out a fist right here. Hold it up in the air with me, right here. Everybody in the room. Some of you are thinking you're too cool for this. It's okay. Well, I'm, 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 I'm cool with it too. It's fine. I want you to think through what are five things in your life that you need Jesus, who has all authority, to step in and help? What are they? I can think of one right there. I'm not going to tell it to y'all. Y'all make fun of me, all right? I can think of another one. I can think of five right off the bat that I need the Lord to help me with. I am desperately needing the Lord to help me with. What are yours? You ain't got to tell me, but what are yours? Go ahead and think through your five things that you need the Lord's help in in your life right now and put up five fingers. Some of y'all are there. Some of y'all are still thinking. What are they? What do you need God to intervene with? What do you need to go to Jesus like the leper and kneel down before him and say, Jesus, if you will, make me clean. If you will, help me. What is it? I know all of you have got to have something in your life that you're struggling with. It's okay if you can get to five, but what about the one? Will you lay that down at the feet of Jesus? I'll be honest. This week, this sermon has been all up in my grill. This message, this text, I mean, I, I just can't tell you enough. Like, I am desperately needing the Lord's intervention in my life. And I've been praying through it and walking through it. And I'm not kidding, guys. Every single day, by the Lord's grace, he has provided everything I needed for every hour of the day. He has moved mountains to other places. Students, I don't know what it is in your life, but you do. And Jesus does. And he longs to minister to you. You have the boldness, you have the courage, and the ability to meet with the one who has all authority today. So I want to do a moment right now. I want everyone to take a moment. You can get in your chair and just bow your head. And I want you to take a moment and just ask God. I want you to pray something like this in your own heart of whatever it is. I'm going to help guide you in a little prayer right here that you can pray with the Lord right now. I want you to pray something like this. Lord, I believe that you have all the authority. God, I believe that you are in charge. God, I believe that you are king. And God, I need your help. Lord, I need your help. And there's no one else I'm going to go to. There's no one else who can solve this. I don't have any friends or family or an Elon Musk in my life that can just solve it for me like I need you Jesus I ask in faith would you please help me 
Ask Jesus right now, wherever you're at in your prayer, ask Jesus to help you and name off in your heart what that hurdle or that trial, that struggle is. Right now, ask Jesus to help you. Pray it in your heart. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for helping us to see that you are a God of authority. And may, in this room tonight, may middle schoolers leave really believing that, really believing that you're a God of authority and that they can come to you and trust you with all that they're dealing with and walking through. May they believe in you in greater ways in 2021 than they did in 2022 or 2020. And Lord, would you take all of their challenges that they're facing right now And would you move them like mountains and cast them into the sea? But Lord, even if you don't move the mountain, not that I'm lacking faith, I'm saying sometimes you look past the paralytic and you look deep into sin, a greater need than what we may be praying for. I pray your blessing and your will be done and no matter how it is done. God, in this room tonight, I know for me from stage and I pray in the hearts of our students, We trust you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.